You were born with a destiny. You were designed by God on purpose for a purpose. Our job is to find it and fulfill it. This message is the seventh in the series, Vision 2020. The message is entitled, See Your Purpose. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Grab your Bibles, your teaching sheets as we turn our attention to God's Word. I may be a little bit weak this morning. I'm not quite back to full strength, but I'm pretty close to it. So if you'll bear with me as we make our way through today's message, as I share with you a message entitled, See Your Purpose. Vision 2020, See Your Purpose. In this series of messages, we've been talking about the importance of having a 2020 vision spiritually. The Bible is very clear about the fact that you and I need to see not just naturally but spiritually in our lives in such a way that we understand that, in fact, God has a plan and purpose for our lives. We're going to talk about that today. And the importance of understanding that there is a spiritual vision that allows us to have a flourishing life. In fact, the Bible says that without vision, people perish. But when there is a vision, there's a flourishing life that will come to you. When you see life from God's perspective, everything changes. And part of what you and I need to see is you and I need to see something called our purpose. If you're not seeing your purpose in your life, you're missing an essential part of your spiritual vision. And for the next few moments, I'm going to share with you four things that are vital for us to understand how to see our spiritual purpose, what it's all about, and what this means to you and me. The first thing that I want you to note this morning is this, God has a purpose for every person. If I were to ask you, is there a purpose for your life, I'm sure that some of you would say yes, and perhaps some of you would question and say, I'm not quite sure if there really is meaning to my life. I'm not sure why I'm on planet Earth. But I want to remind you again this morning that for every person that God ever creates and allows to live and have an existence on planet Earth, there is a purpose for your life. This idea, this concept of purpose goes all the way back to the very beginning of time in Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, where God establishes this order of creation and he creates mankind. And in fact, when he does so, he imparts to them a purpose. Listen to these words. Then God said, Genesis 1, 26, then God said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said, notice this, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Chapter two, verse 15, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. I want you to notice verse 26 with me again, where where God said, let us make mankind in our image image and our likeness so that they may rule. God says, I'm creating them not just to be on the planet, but I'm giving them a reason for being here so that they can do something, so that there is a purpose to their life. That little phrase, so that, is a very important little phrase because it defines for you and me the fact that God did not place us here aimlessly or without some kind of meaning and value. God put you and I here on this planet to do something so that we might rule, so that we might accomplish vital things with our lives. You were born on purpose. You were born with a destiny. You were designed by God on purpose. Uh, Our job is really to see and understand what that purpose is, to discover it and find it. But I want to remind you this morning that you are not an accident. Every person has a purpose. Every person on this planet has a purpose designed by God. The psalmist David reflected in his own life about this in Psalm 139, beginning in verse 13. When he writes these words, talking to God, the psalmist said, you 
God, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. Notice that all the days ordained for me, what, his, what God's plan was for the psalmist, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. David said, I realize that I am not an accident, God. You created me on purpose. You created me for a purpose. I have a destiny. Can I remind you this morning again that every person that God creates, that includes you, that includes every person in this place, every person that I'm speaking to today, that God designed you for a reason, God designed you for a purpose. You are not an accident. There's a reason for you to be on planet Earth in this season and time that God has placed you here for a destiny he's determined for you. The second thing is this. Your purpose really is defined as two basic things. Your purpose is your why and your purpose is your what. To understand purpose, you have to define it. And so a purpose is why. Why does something exist that gives you insight to the purpose of such a thing or someone? And what is it that you're supposed to do that is designed to help us to answer the question, what is my purpose? And so you're why and you're what? Why am I here? If God created me, I'm not an accident. There's a destiny for my life. Why am I here and what am I supposed to be doing? Perhaps one of the biggest questions that you and I will ever answer in our lives. Why am I here and what am I supposed to be doing? Why did God put me here? I know he has a purpose for me, but, but why? Why am I here? And what is it that God wants me to do? And wrapped up in the why and the what is the calling that God has for your life. I'm going to introduce that, that word to you because it's a very important word, the calling. Because your why, your what, your purpose is wrapped in a calling. God says, I want you to do something with your life. There is a why for you being here. There's a what for your life. And every great man and woman in the Bible discovered something about their why and their what. They discovered something about their calling. Let me give you a few examples of this. Let me take you back to one that we're familiar with that we've been studying in this series together, Isaiah chapter 6, and Isaiah's experience with God. And notice what happens as he discovers the calling of God upon his life, his why and his what. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, or woe is me, one translation says. I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? There is the calling. There's when God reaches out to Isaiah and says, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, now here am I send me. Isaiah discovered his why. He discovered his what. As he encountered God, his calling became very, very clear. Jeremiah, the prophet, also had this moment in his own life when he discovered the why and what of his life and the purpose and calling of his life. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, God speaks to Jeremiah as a very young man and says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God says, Jeremiah, even before you were born, I had a plan for your life, a calling for you. The disciples that followed Jesus discovered their calling as well, their why and their what. See, by nature, by their natural profession, they were fishermen. They were commercial businessmen until they met Jesus. And then they encountered Jesus and discovered the real reason as to why God had placed them on the planet. Notice the story, Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 18. As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were, what were they? They were fishermen. That was not the ultimate calling of their life. They were fishermen. Now notice what happens here. Jesus is saying these words to them, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. So there in this moment, Peter and Andrew heard a call of God upon their life. They heard the voice of Jesus saying, you were not designed just to be a fisherman of fish. You were designed to be a fisherman of people. I will make you into that. Going on from there, verse 21, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their nets, or their boat, I should say, and and their father, and followed him. There you see, again, Isaiah experiences why and his what, his calling from God, and Jeremiah experiences why and his what, his calling from God. These four disciples, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, heard the voice of Jesus and that call of Jesus. They discovered their why and their what, their purpose. Paul, the apostle, who was originally known as Saul of Tarsus, discovered his as well. Acts chapter 9, notice what happens here. But the Lord said, Ananias, go, this man, talking about Paul after he'd been stricken uh, blind on the road to Damascus and met Jesus in a very powerful way, and he's blind for three days. And notice what happens now. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man, Paul, is, a, is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you, so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice that phrase, so that. There's a purpose for your life. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. I want you to see again that God has a purpose for every person that includes you. Why don't you turn to that person beside you and just remind them God has a purpose for your life. Go and tell them God has a purpose for your life. You're not an accident. And your purpose really is your why, your what. Why am I here? If God has a purpose for my life, why am I here? And What am I supposed to be doing? What is the call of God upon my life? Isaiah discovered his call, and Jeremiah discovered his call, and Peter, Andrew, James, and John discovered their call, and Saul of Tarsus discovered his call, and God wants you and I to discover our call as well. There's a call of God upon your life. And number three, you discover your purpose by answering God's call. As I said, your call is that unique why and what of your life. You're called by God. But you actually, it's interesting because even when you don't know his call fully, you actually learn more about his call by answering his call. Even when you don't understand it. Because we're never going to understand all the dimensions of God's plan for our life. But the most important thing that you and I can learn to say to God is when he calls to us in any way, our response needs to be yes. We need to pick up the phone every time God calls. 
See, don't you go to voicemail when God calls you. That when God calls and God rings your number, and he rings your number in a lot of different ways, it's extremely important that when God's calling, you pick up the phone. There are certain people that you can send to voicemail, but not God. Because when God calls you, there's a reason. There's something he's trying to communicate to you. You may not understand the whole picture. The whole puzzle picture may not come together initially for you. But God has something he wants to move you forward in. So you'll discover your why and your what in life. So you need to answer the call. And personally responding to God's call is how you begin to see more of your purpose in your life. And I'm going to try to simplify this for you today because I've known over my own life and working with people over the years that one of the biggest questions that people have about their lives is, what is God's will for my life? Who am I? And what am I supposed to be doing? And what is my why? And what is my what? And what is my calling in life? And there are Christians that struggle with this. I want to simplify it for you today. If you'll do these five things I'm about to describe for you, I promise you, you'll discover, I promise you, I guarantee you from God's word that you will discover the call of God for your life. There are five calls that you need to pick up the phone when God rings and says, yeah, I'm going to answer this call. Five simple things, but not always easy, but they are simple. Number one, you need to respond to the call of salvation. The call of salvation is when Jesus calls you to himself and invites you into relationship with him, and you'll never discover your purpose in life if you haven't been saved. Have you been saved? I'll ask you again, have you been saved? Have you been born again? Has there been a point in time in your life when you stopped and said, you know what, I'm going the wrong way. I need a relationship with God. I'm, in, I'm out outside of God's plan and purpose for my life. I'm living life on my own. I need a relationship with Jesus. He died on the cross for my sins. He rose from the grave. And I'm now personally putting my faith in him. And you had a moment in your life when you were born again. That's the call. That's the most important call that you will ever answer. You might miss other calls, but don't dare miss that one because your eternity is wrapped up in that call. And your purpose is wrapped up in that call. If you're outside of Jesus this morning, if you've never invited Jesus into your life, I promise you, you'll never discover the fullness of why God put you on the planet without a relationship with Jesus. You have to start your journey with him. It's the call of salvation. Have you picked up the phone and said, God, yes, I hear you calling me. I'm going to give my life to you. Have you answered the call of salvation? First Corinthians chapter one, verse nine, God is faithful who has, notice the next word, next phrase, called you into what? fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The first call that you need to respond to if you're going to discover your why and your what in life is the call of salvation. You've been called into fellowship, relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. So today, if you've never done that, you need to make that your beginning point to say, Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life today. The second thing that's necessary is you have to respond to the call of God to grow in your life. See, before you try to find out what you're supposed to do, you need to, find, you need to become the person God's making you to, to be by growing. You need to be a growing Christian. All over the world, there are people who, um, who have, at one point in time, made some kind of acknowledgement of relationship with Jesus. They may have prayed a prayer and invited Jesus into their life, but they never grew. They never began to apply themselves in the development of their spiritual journey. And so God says, if you want to learn what I have for you and you want to discover your why and what, you need to be a, grow, a growing Christian. 
You need to be doing the things that are causing you to develop in your faith, not just sitting back and passively hoping that God will do something in your life, but to step in and start studying your Bible and being a part of a small group or doing some things that will help you to grow, being consistent in your church attendance, beginning to do the things that begin to cause your life to take form and grow into the person Jesus made you to be, becoming more like Christ and living in relationship with him. So you're saved, that's the call of salvation, then you answer the call to grow. Are you a growing Christian? If you look at your life today, would you say, you know what, my life is, is further along in my journey today than it was maybe a year ago or maybe two years ago or five years ago. I'm not saying that you're not going to have some ups and downs. We all do throughout, throughout our entire spiritual journey, but you're on an upward trajectory that you might be here, but you're working your way upward in your spiritual journey. You're growing in your life in Christ. Are you a growing Christian, because if you're not a growing Christian, you'll never discover God's why and God's what for your life. It is involved in growth. Notice Colossians 1, 9 and 10. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom, all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that, there's that phrase again, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. Notice the last phrase here, growing in the knowledge of God. So do you want to know your why and your what? Answer the call. When God calls for salvation, you pick up the phone and say, yes, Jesus, I'm giving my life to you. When God calls you and says, it's time to grow, you said, yes, Lord, I'm going to start growing in my spiritual journey. For some of you, maybe you need to start that journey of growth today. Some of you maybe need to accelerate that in your life, but growth will lead you to understanding your purpose. Number three, you need to answer the call to serve. Part of growing and developing your life is serving. Let me show you why this is important. Have you ever tried to steer a parked car? Have you ever tried to steer a parked car? This is not a trick question, okay? Have you ever tried to steer a parked car? How far do you get? Nowhere. If you have power steering, you get nowhere because it doesn't even turn for you, right? It's hard to steer a parked car, okay? And this is a principle in God. And a principle in God is this, that if you want to discover your purpose, you got to get moving. you got to start doing something, okay? you got to get in the journey, okay? Because even though as you start out serving, you may not be in the ultimate place where God will lead you and the purpose he has for your life, but it's the starting that will get you where you need to be. God will guide you in the process, but you have to make the commitment to be a servant of God. And there are many people that never discover never discover the reason God placed them on the planet because they never step past the comfort zone and begin to do something for God. They're growing, but they're also investing their time and their treasure and their talents in the work of God and saying, I'm going to serve God in some capacity. Everybody can do something. Everybody can be involved in serving in some way. So here's the question I would ask you. Do you want to know your why? Do you want to know your what? Do you want to discover your purpose? Do you want to know what God has called you to do? Well, if you want to answer that question affirmatively, you have to answer the call to serve somewhere, to do something with your life for the kingdom of God. 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift. Notice that. Use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Just give a little side note here. If you haven't learned something about serving, there's always great opportunities here in our church to learn how to serve. This is not a pitch for serving today. I'm not trying to raise up a bunch of volunteers. I'm, at, I'm trying to get you to discover your purpose. Okay. 
We got Easter coming up. Great opportunity. Step in and get your feet wet to try to serve in some way. How do I do that? Well, you go to church-redeemer.org slash info and you find out how I can just go ahead and step in. I will tell you something. You'll discover a whole new life and your purpose will begin to be, be, be found and fulfilled when you step up and you start serving in some way. Number four, are you with me so far today? You want to know why you're here? Pick up the call when God says salvation. Pick up the call when God says grow. Pick up the call when God says serve. And number four, pick up the call to faithfulness and endurance. That you make the commitment to say, you know what, I'm going to stay with this thing. I'm not just going to try it for a little while, see how it works out. There are too many people dating Jesus. No, Jesus is not interested in a date. Jesus is interested in a lifestyle, Amen. Jesus is interested in a long-term commitment with you. And so if you're going to grow and you're going to be everything God wants you to be, you got to be in this thing for the long haul. That means that some days are going to be good and some days are going to be bad and some days are going to be up and some days are going to be down and some days you're going to really feel like loving and serving Jesus and other days you're not, but you're not driven by your feelings. You're not driven by your emotions. You're not driven by, driven by what you feel on any particular day because you've stepped in and made the decision, the decision is I'm going to be faithful in my journey with Christ. Again, faithfulness does not equate perfection, but faithfulness does say I'm in this game. I'm in the process. I'm going to endure and stay with this thing because I know that in the long way, long term, this is how growth and purpose will be discovered in my life. Matthew 25, 21, his, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful. Notice what he highlights, faithful servant, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness, 1 Corinthians 4.12. That's required that those who've been given a trust must prove faithful. Galatians 6.9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And number five, we need to answer the call to grow in our trust in God, trusting God. God says, trust me. Will you trust me? Will you trust that I'm going to work in your life? Will you put your problems in my hand? Will you trust me to do what I'm asking you to do with your life? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust, 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 trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Dear ones, let me simplify it again for you this morning. Every person has a purpose. You're not an accident. And that purpose is your why and your what. Why did God put you here? What are you supposed to be doing? That's wrapped up in your calling, okay? Every great man and woman of the Bible had a calling. You have a calling on your life as well. There's a calling for you. How do you discover that calling? Well, you begin to answer the calls that are, that, that are basic to your relationship with God. The call of salvation, yes, Jesus. The call to grow, yes, I'm going to grow. The call to serve, yes, I'm going to serve. The call to be in it for the long haul. I'm going to be faithful and endure this thing, not, not live my life based on my feelings, but on my faith with God. And I'm going to make sure that I'm learning to grow in my trust in God. If you answer those calls, listen, I promise you, I assure you that that will get you into an understanding of God's purpose for your life. Let me take you to my final point today. Very exciting point. I hope you'll enjoy as I wrap this up today. I give you a little bit of encouragement for your life. God will give you everything you need to answer his call and fulfill his purpose. One of the biggest concerns, I'll give you a moment to write the, the, the fill in your blanks there. God will give you everything you need to answer his call and fulfill your purpose. Here's one of the things that I've encountered in my own life and I've encountered in working with other people as well. And Probably is going on in your life at times as, as well. And that's this feeling that, well, 
God may have a purpose for me, but I'm not sure that I can do what God wants me to do. I, you know, I'm limited. I, you know, I have a lot of weaknesses in my life. I have some failures along the way. I have some stuff in my background I don't like. I have some things in my life that seem to maybe disqualify me from God's purpose. You may even believe that God has a purpose for you, but you feel like that you now have disqualified yourself because of your own life or something that's gone on in your life or some limitation or weakness that you have. And so many people feel that way. And sometimes we have this self-talk that goes on inside of us. Oh, you're not worthy of that. Yeah, my, God might want to use you, but you'll never be the person that, 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 that you want to be or that God wants you to be. And we, we disqualify ourselves. And I will tell you, if you don't disqualify yourself, the devil will do everything he can to disqualify you. He'll continually try to whisper in your ear all your, all your failures, all your weaknesses, all your limitations. He'll try to keep you down and keep you from the purpose that God has in store for you. It's a very common thing. And I would imagine if we took time this morning and interviewed people in this room who are willing to be vulnerable, they could say, you know what, there have been so many times that I wanted to do something for God that I felt insecure, I felt disqualified, I didn't feel like I was worthy to do it. Today, I hope that I can do one thing in this point of my message. I hope that I can diffuse all of that in your life. Because here's the, here's the basic news. Here's the, here's the reality. There's not a single one of us that's qualified. You know why? Because all of us are broken. All of us are sinful human beings. And so if you think that you're qualified, you just disqualified yourself by thinking you're qualified, okay? okay. That's called pride, okay? But as long as you think that you got it together, God says, I can't use you because you think you got it together until you realize you're a broken mess then and realize how a mess you are, then I can now do something with you because you've acknowledged your need for me. And so that's called humility. And so you really can't be used by God if you think you've got it together. So everybody's on the same page because everybody's broken. And so we're just all broken in different ways, right? And so it's not about you, it's about him. And here's the good news, that when you step up and you say, Jesus, I answer your call of salvation, I answer your call to grow, and I answer your call to serve, and I answer your call to, to stay with you for the long haul, and I answer your call to start trusting you, God then says, okay, I'll give you everything you need to fulfill that. Because I know you're not able yourself, you don't have the power, you don't have the ability yourself, but I'll provide for you everything that's necessary. Let's go back and look at some, very quickly, some examples in the Bible. Anybody remember Moses? Moses, when he was 40 years of age, he killed, he murdered a man in Egypt. And he leaves Egypt in a rush and he runs out into the wilderness and ends up in the wilderness of Midian and he spends 40 years there in the wilderness until he's walking around one day taking care of some sheep and he sees a bush that is burning but not being consumed and he hears a voice out of that bush speaking to him saying come near and take off your sandals for the place you're, you're standing is holy ground and there in that moment God spoke to Moses and said I want you to do something with your life for me I want you to go back into Egypt that place you ran from all those 40 years ago because you murdered that man. I want you to go back to that place and I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go and bring out the children of Israel from slavery and take them to the promised land. God said, that's my plan. That's my purpose for your life. Do you know what Moses said after that? Moses did not say, praise God. That's awesome. I'm up for the task. God, let's go get them. No, God, Moses didn't say that. What did Moses say? Moses said, who am I, God? I can't do this. Who am I? I can't do this. And God says, I will be with you, Moses. I will be with you. What I'm asking you to do is not something that you'll have to do in your own strength and power. I, I will be with you. Do you remember Isaiah a few moments ago? Isaiah had this incredible encounter with the glory of God. He's in the temple. They're seeing the heavenly temple and the angels are crying, holy, holy, holy. This is in Isaiah chapter six. We read a few moments ago. 
And in the midst of all this, what does Isaiah experience? He, he's seeing all this holiness of God, and then he says, oh, woe is me. I don't even deserve to be here. Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the Lord Almighty. I need to get out of here because I'm not worthy of being in this place. I'm not worthy of this. And God steps in the scene, and he commands an angel to fly over to the altar, and there's a live coal in the altar, and the angel grabs a pair of tongs and reaches and takes that coal from the altar and flies back over to Isaiah and touches his lips and says, now your guilt is gone, your sin is atoned for. See, the very thing that made Isaiah feel like he was unworthy and unqualified to do what God was asking him or going to ask him to do, God took care of, and God cleansed him, and then God said, who can I send, who will go? And Isaiah said, now, Lord, here am I. Send me. Jeremiah. Remember we read about Jeremiah? A few, talked about Jeremiah a few moments ago? When God comes to Jeremiah and says, Jeremiah, before I, I formed you in the womb, I knew you and I called you and set you apart to be a prophet. And I've called you to speak to my people. Do you know the first words out of Jeremiah's mouth? God, you don't really mean me, God. Not, not me. I, I'm too young to do this. By the way, many theologians believe that Jeremiah was somewhere between 18 and 21 years of age when God called him. So he was a young man, and God said, don't you ever say that you're too young, because I am with you. God provided him everything that he needed. Simon Peter, when he saw this great catch of fish one day, and Jesus had done this incredible miracle, Simon Peter said, Lord, get away from me. I'm an unclean man. Luke chapter 5. And Jesus said, no, no, don't be afraid, because I'm going to help you now fish for people. And for you and me today in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, here's the message for you. You might say, you know, I, I want to serve God, but I don't, I don't know if I have anything to offer him. I feel kind of disqualified. I feel like I've messed up some stuff. And I want to. I want to find my purpose, but I just don't feel like I can. I'm not worthy of it. Here's the promise to you and me today, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Listen to it. But you, everybody say me. This is for you today. But you will receive, what's the next word? Is it on the screen? It's not on the screen. The word is power. Okay. <laughs> you will receive power. You will receive what? Power. power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God says, I got you covered. I'll give you the power that you need. And so everything that you need to discover God's purpose in your life has been given to you. He's given you his word, he's given you his spirit, he's given you his precious grace, he's given you personalities and gifts that are in you. You are not, you are not like anyone else. You're unique. Thank God. Okay. We could not stand another one just like you, okay? okay. Nor me. Okay. Everybody's unique. Everybody's special. Everybody has their own gift set. You have a unique personality. A little weirdness here and there about you, okay? Makes you unique as to who you are, and that's a, that's a design. It needs to come into Christ's likeness, obviously, but there's a, there's a uniqueness to every person, your gifts. Are, there's supernatural gifts that God can give you and provide you. There's a church environment that God places you in to allow you to grow and to develop. And all that's designed to remind you that God will give you everything that you need to fulfill the purpose that he has for your life. My prayer for us as we're going into this 2020 year and in this decade and the years to come, God, open our eyes. Help us to see what we need to see. And part of what you and I need to see is we need to see our purpose. Because without a vision, people perish. But with a vision, people flourish. And part of that vision is this vision to see. I am important 
to God. I have something that God wants me to do in my life. There's a why and a what for my life that I'm going to answer. God's call as he extends it to me. Would you bow your heads together with me as we pray? Father, thank you for your word this morning. We're grateful for the opportunity we have to study together. We ask you to take this message. And Lord, I pray it would be more than just information that we receive today, but I pray it would also be revelation to us. I pray that our eyes would be open. I pray that this year would be a year that we would begin to discover more and more of your purpose for our lives. Let us take the steps that we need to take. It will move us in that direction in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me, and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray. And you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God. And I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus. I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash a new you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.